Welcome to Breaking the Chain, the leadership series. I'm your host, Tarantia Brown. In this podcast, we will focus on developing our emotional intelligence as leaders. We will pull back the curtain on the leadership journey experienced by leaders who have inspired and developed countless successful individuals. So welcome everyone to episode two of our leadership series. Our guest today is Shamane Reed, Vice President of R&D Europe for Takeda, a multinational pharmaceutical company. So Shamane is a fellow South African living in Switzerland and a leader who cares for people and sees the value of each individual. So I asked Shamane to share her thoughts on the importance she places on personal development and how it has impacted her career. So welcome, Shamane. Thank you for taking the time to invest some of your knowledge on this topic. I know that many people are going to benefit from your wisdom today. Thank you, Terentia, for inviting me. Um, this really is a topic close to my heart. So such a great opportunity to chat and to share with you. Perfect. So we received some really positive feedback from our listeners after our last episode. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to picking your brain on this topic. But before we jump into this topic today, I would really love to get to know you a little bit better or get our listeners to get to know you a bit better. So Shemaine, can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you started your leadership journey, and maybe even some of the leadership positions that you've held over the years? Sure. So thank you. So as you mentioned, I'm originally from South Africa, and coincidentally, as we found out when we first met, also from Durban. <laughs> so growing up in, in the 70s and 80s, only the girls who were getting the top grades at school were really encouraged to take subjects such as maths and science. The rest of us were told we were only ever going to be secretaries or homemakers. And so, you know, we were encouraged to do typing and home economics. You know, looking back now, I'm grateful for being told <laughs> to take typing because, of course, everybody now needs to know how to type. Yeah. However, I, you know, I also know how different my journey would have been if I'd been encouraged into STEM subjects. And no one in my family had been to university or, or further studies. So this wasn't really something that was on my radar. And I left school. I got my first job as a secretary. <laughs> but wow. really, fortunately, uh, you know, with a, with a small company that showed me that if I had an interest to learn something more, you know, put my hand up and volunteer. And actually, that's been the basis of my personal development and my career journey since then. So I started my first leadership role in South Africa, having the opportunity to move through a range of roles in a relatively short space of time and to become a regional sales manager for a large toy company. And mostly, you know, that leadership journey was around showing an interest and offering to take on new things. But I moved to the UK in 2001 and I entered the pharmaceutical industry, <laughs> had no previous experience, and I had to take an entry-level role, which was very humbling. Moving from a regional sales manager, managing a team of, I can't remember back then, seven, ten people into a more junior role. And I think for me, you know, that was a learn very early in my career that it was okay to pivot mm. and to take a step down in order for me to grow and develop in a different way. But luckily, a few years into my career in the industry, I had the opportunity to do a degree through the Open University. 
And for your listeners, you know, if you don't know, the Open University is a, a remote university, so it's not like sitting in a in a university hall every day. This was my first formal experience of studying um, I'd had since leaving school. It was a very big challenge. Um, five years of part-time study while working full-time in a very busy job. I was actually a director level at the time. Being a wife, being a mother, uh, still running my home. <laughs> However, I would never have succeeded without the support of those around me. Um, My husband really was a true champion. He was always encouraging me, my manager, my team, friends, colleagues, you know, 100% behind me. And that, again, for me was a really important lesson um, because I'm incredibly independent and tend to think that the best way for me, you know, to do it is for me to do it. Um, But, of course, you know, without the support of others, that would have been incredibly hard. So although I don't really feel the degree was critical to the success of me moving into more senior roles, you know, the OU degree is modular. And as I was studying and working, I was actually able to apply the learnings in a real life setting. And it really gave me confidence, which I think was one of the biggest wins of doing the degree. Absolutely. But actually, you know, throughout my career, I've been fortunate to have managers who recognize my abilities and encouraged me to stretch myself. Um, I had the opportunity to work with great teams. I've created a business operations function. I led the technology and information management teams. I was asked to be an integration lead for our department when Takeda, the company I now work for, bought us. Um, And I think, you know, the most important lesson there for me is really is to say yes. You know, when asked if you want to take on something new, something that may feel unknown, uncomfortable, is say yes. You know, of course, do your research first, but don't be closed to new ideas or opportunities. And that's really how I've been able to develop and grow my career. You know, you look back, it didn't start out straight out of school with a degree, but opportunities came up and I took them. Not easy, (laughs) you know, but um, certainly, you know, surrounding yourself with people who can help and support you is really important. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that inspiring journey of perseverance, actually. I mean, we can see that, you know, there's not just one way to get where you want to go. It's not a linear journey. There's detours along the way, but you are open to that growth. I think that is the, the key here that, you know, even when you had to step back, it felt, you know, from a hierarchy perspective, you step back, but there was still growth that happened in that role yeah absolutely I have to say one of the learns again there was you know that you I took those skills with me you know maybe I was in a different role but they were evident and they showed up and that's actually how I think I managed to you know to grow as well is that everything you learn doesn't go away if you move into a different area sphere role and you take it all with you you know it's all part of your experience absolutely Absolutely. So another question that I love to ask, and many of us wish that we could ask this to senior leaders, but we never get the chance to. So what was your biggest fear when you started your leadership journey? So that first leadership role? Yeah, it's a really great question. I mean, you know, I never obviously started out with a master plan in terms of a leadership journey. But, you know, if I reflect back, I think the fear is about being given an opportunity and not succeeding at it. <laughs> you know, I've had so many opportunities where someone's put their faith in me, you know, what managers have seen something in me and, and offered me this opportunity. And I never want to let them down. I never want to let myself down. And so, yeah, it's, you know, just <laughs> doing doing your best to succeed because you don't want to let people down, um, I suppose, is my, yeah, is my fear, <laughs> you know, letting people down. 
Yeah, I've heard that, you know, many times. So, you know, thank you for sharing that because a lot of the leaders starting out, they have these fears of not wanting to let someone down. Um so thank you for sharing that so people can see, you know, you at the position you are you are at today, but you started somewhere and and these were some of the concerns you had. So thank you for for sharing that. So, as we transition into our topic for today, I would like to share a story, right? So I was mentoring someone a few years ago who had more than 25 years of experience. So she was quite unhappy with her career progression because she felt that her company didn't invest in her enough. So I asked her if I could approve anything that she wanted, what would she ask for? The sad thing is that she actually didn't even know herself so she was quite upset about her company not investing in her but she didn't even understand for herself what she wanted to develop in so the story has actually stayed with me uh, now and so one of the key attributes that i teach about in our leadership program is the value of personal development so what are your thoughts on this topic of self development and how does one know where to even start Wow, you know, I, I want to say I think your colleague, the person you're working with, is unique, but I, I don't think it is. I don't think her story is unique. However, I think you know, self development is absolutely critical. Uh, it's something under I understood early in my career that I own this, you know, and that was probably one of my biggest lessons and important lessons. There's no one else with a master plan navigating it all for me. You know, I have had to navigate my own career path and to identify areas where I felt I needed to grow or improve. I don't think there's any sort of right way to start. I mean, coaching is one way. And for me, you know, I went through your Genesis coaching program and I found it incredibly insightful. Um, I've never really taken the time to reflect back in the way I did in your program. And, you know, although I went through this only recently, I don't think you should ever stop developing and finding new ways to explore. Uh, 360 feedback is another way. So one person I worked with did an anonymous 360 feedback using a survey tool. And he asked a group of colleagues that he trusted, you know, what areas they felt he could develop in. And what was really good about that was that he asked people that he knew wouldn't just give him the positives, which I found was really powerful. I think, yeah, this really helps with blind spots. And another way actually is to do a skills gap analysis. So I've done this successfully with some of my teams in the past. We've looked at where they are heading or where they want to head, where they are now, and sort of what skills they need to do to get there. And, you know, that doesn't always mean it's a go forward approach. It could be a sideways approach. It could simply be, you know, I want to expand my learning in a certain area. The sort of skills gap analysis is, you know, pretty good way to sort of do a deep dive, you know, and to think about that. And from there, sort of do a development plan, um, you know, and that helps them chart the path. Um, and actually through that, one of my team with our integration, um, she was going to lose her job, but, um, you know, she'd actually successfully applied for a new role with more responsibility. So, you know, I really got to see this in action. Wow. So, you know, one of the core skills that we teach about on emotional intelligence is self-awareness. So what you are saying is we need to be, in reflective self-aware ask people around us for feedback these are the things that give us the insights in terms of where to start where should we invest in so would you say that personal development is something we should be intentionally investing in 
And is this one of the most important attributes of successful leaders today? Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I would say this is certainly, you know, and, and not just, I mean, successful leaders, but all of us, you know, yes. I, I would say, and why? Because learning, it's, you know, learning is continuous. You know, I came out of school a long time ago. I don't remember a lot of what I learned in school, but, you know, it's this personal development is not only about learning new things, but being aware of when you may need to grow, when you may need to pivot, you know, where you may need to change your mindset. You know, personal development does that for you. And I think, you know, as a leader, don't just see personal development as an important tool. So, yeah, I think, you know, through personal development, you get to do this. I think if you as a leader don't see personal development as an important tool, then you're not really likely to grow or to be successful. Or perhaps you will, but you may not be a leader that others want to be or, you know, want to be around and to work with. Absolutely. I mean, if we look at personal development, so people are always you know, saying that it's difficult to make time to invest in my personal development during my workday, right? So it, it boils down to time. How are you making time for your personal development in your workday? Yeah, absolutely valuable question. And I know, you know, I get this as well from my team. You know, I don't have time. I don't have time. None of us have time. What's really important is, you know, that you own this and you know that this is about you. So you've got to find the time, You whether it's, you know, getting up a little bit earlier in the morning and allocating some time. I mean, what I encourage my team to do, actually, is to block book the time during their workday. And yes, you can say, well, how do you do that when you have? But actually, this is about investing. I'm investing, you know, in them because I believe in how important this is. So it's finding the time, whether it's an hour a, a week, you just block it out and that's where you spend your time. Of course, you know, I mean, I do a range of things. I do some of it during work time and some of it in after hours time. I'm actually learning German at the moment. And so every day I'm on an app, I have something, you know, an app that I do learn German on and I also have a teacher. So I have to book the time out. I have to focus, but I'm doing this because, you know, I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to do this. So if you're really passionate and dedicated and you really want to achieve something, then you find the time. Absolutely. And I love that you said, you know, learning German, you have a teacher. So there's some accountability there as well. So if you're struggling to take that you know, make that time and take that initiative or you feel tired at the end of the day, you know, the same goes for getting better shape, you hire a personal trainer. Absolutely. So yeah. So having that accountability also supports you on that journey, right? Yes. So finding the different ways, you know, and finding your learning ways. I think that's really important as well. People have different ways they like to learn. Some like podcasts, you know, some like to read books, some like to be in a class. So it's finding what works for you as well. Yes. That is such valuable advice. Find what works for you. And so you have found your happy place or your what works for you or your uh, practical ways of doing it. So to date, what has been your best investment in your personal development? What would you say? How has it impacted you and the people around you by taking this time to invest in yourself? So, yeah, I think my degree is an obvious one. You know, as I mentioned, doing the degree in a modular remote way really helped me to learn and apply while working. There's definitely benefit to those around me, my work colleagues, my manager. As I grew in my leadership abilities and my confidence, you know, I was able to apply these. However, for me, actually, the best investment is really around continuous learning. You know, so one of the examples I've already touched on was your coaching program. You know, this really helped me to reflect on where I've come from and my journey. I've done coaching programs before and I've reflected before, 
But to be honest, never that honestly, it was very raw and very emotional, you know. Yeah. And I think I turned a corner really in how I see myself, really being able to appreciate how far I've come. I, I never started out with a master plan. I don't think many people do. You know, I just wanted to grow, to learn, develop, and really to be of value. And when I unpacked that journey, I saw a trend. You know, I saw where I had made a difference and it really gave me the confidence that I needed at that moment. So, you know, the best investment, I would say, is the continuous one. You know, there's no end to this journey. It's even, you know, my parents are retired. You know, they I constantly see they're always reading. They're always interested in new topics and subjects. You know, they're always going out doing different things. And that, I think, is the message. You know, it is a continuous journey. Absolutely. I love that you said that at every stage of your life, you are looking at these opportunities. Where am I now? Take the time, reflect, and then look at, okay, what is it that I want to learn? So there's that intentionality behind it. So when it comes to building our teams, so one of the modules that we teach about in our Emerge Leadership Development Program is we teach leaders how to build high-performing teams. Yeah. So one of the characteristics of a high-performing team member is to make a commitment to develop themselves. So it, that means that every person on the team develops themselves, not just the leader. So how do you encourage people on your team to invest time in their personal development? Yeah, great question. I, you know, I've touched a little bit on that already in terms of ensuring they allocate time out. But actually, we're really fortunate in this area. You know, Takeda is an organization that believes in continuous and lifelong learning. And there are many opportunities for the team to decide where they want to focus and learn. So, of course, each year, you know, we do our yearly goals. And here we add in our personal development goals. There's also an option to do 360 feedback and ask for, you, for guidance from each other or, you know, outside of our, our team where colleagues may feel, you know, you could grow and develop. This helps to form part of a development plan. I set money aside in the budget each year as well, you know, and, and ensure my team know that. But actually, one really fun way that we as a team have taken on learning. So, you know, we're a, we're a group of non-scientists and we support R&D. Mm -hmm. So we really need to have a good business understanding of our pipeline assets. And so what we decided to do was we decided to split the assets up. And each of us take a, a few of them and go off and learn about them. And it's not actually just learning about the assets. It's learning about the disease area, anything we want to share. And then we've come back and we teach each other. So rather than everybody going off and, you know, learning every, the same and obviously everyone, you know, learns things in a different way, this has been really effective. And we're a fairly new team. So it's been a really great way for us to connect and to learn as a team. So I think, again, you know, I'm, I'm, absolutely passionate about personal development. I think it's absolutely critical, but also find different ways, you know, different ways that you as a team can learn together. Yeah, is really, really important and fun. Yeah. And being creative. I think that this is the thing that I'm, I'm trying to get across to leaders is be creative in the way we, we learn, right? And to encourage, to inspire people to learn and to, to grow. Um, so, yeah, thank, thank you for sharing some of those examples. I think those are really valuable. There's another area that I get a very popular question on. So, as you know, I'm, I'm an introverted leader, right? I, I openly speak about this. So, the question I always get from introverted professionals is, what can I do to be promoted in my workplace? So, what do you consider before promoting someone? So, does having multiple degrees behind your name 
play a significant role or does it carry more weight to have high emotional intelligence? What do you look for? So, you know, degrees and multiple degrees certainly have their place. You know, there are certain roles like in our industry, scientific, medical, which do require you to have done extensive study and, you know, to have the right degrees for the area where you're focusing. However, in the area of operations where I work, you know, this is less important for me. You know, as I've already explained, I came into the industry without a degree and I worked my way up. So while I'm grateful that I did the degree, you know, I know that it did not only get me where I am today. So really having the right mindset is critical. High emotional intelligence, you know, the willingness to be open to learning and trying new things, hold your hand up and offer to get involved. And be prepared to put in the hard work. You know, nothing comes to us for free. You know, be a team player, be collaborative. These really are things, you know, not just um, when I hire new hires, um, as well as promoting people. Those are the things that I look for before I look for, you know, whether there is um, someone comes to the table with a degree. Yeah. So it boils down to the attitude, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is for sure the key. You know, it's not about the being introverted or extroverted. It's the person's attitude. That is the key f- um, that I see as well. And and I personally experienced that myself in my own career. So I'm really wanting to encourage people that, you know, may feel that they are at a disadvantage being an introvert, but it's actually about the attitude, showing up with passion. What are you passionate about? What topics are you passionate about? And really, truly understanding that for yourself. Yeah. So there's something that I also teach. So there are four things that I talk about in our modules when it comes to being intentional about your growth. And so the first one is about being reflective. And you spoke about that, taking the time to reflect. Second one is be curious. And I I love that you said, you know, here are some products, product assets that we are taking apart and we are trying to figure out what they are about and learn. Third one is make contributions to the people around you. So really investing in people, you actually learn from them as well. And then the last one is to keep it simple by picking one resource at a time and then learn from it. Yeah. So how do you continue to grow and develop as a leader and as a person, as you go through life, I know you you just said you, you went through the coaching program, but what other things do you do? Yeah, so, you know, I think the ways really explore new avenues. So I'm an avid reader. And although I do learn better in a hands-on working environment, I like to read on a range of topics. I like to challenge myself. So as I mentioned, the German, <laughs> big challenge. <laughs> you know, and, and if there's a topic that I don't understand, you know, I find ways to understand it. And believe me, in my current role, this is very common. <laughs> so, you know, the operating model within Takeda is very different to the company, to Shire, that Takeda bought. And my role is very different. So I moved from working in a regulatory affairs environment to a much wider role within R&D. It's been a steep learning curve in understanding the operating model. And I don't have a science background and therefore really need to ask questions to explore, to read up on topics, to help myself grow and learn. Great. The great thing is that we have such fantastic colleagues who are so generous with their time and passionate about their topics. So, you know, if I have questions, they are very happy to share. So I think that is a lesson in itself, you know, just 
find you know ways there's multiple ways in being able to grow and and learn you know whether it's through books whether it's through talking to colleagues whether it's you know investigating listening to podcasts (laughs) lots of different ways Actually, another area is through mentoring. So I've been really fortunate um, enough to mentor quite a number of people over the past few years. And I learn from them. You know, people often think, oh, mentor, mentee, the mentee is learning. But actually, my experience, and I think a lot of mentors' experiences, you know, that actually you learn from them. Many of the people I'm mentoring are younger than me. And, you know, it's really a privilege to have worked with them and to learn from them. Yeah. I'm so happy that you have mentioned that because this is, I'm a huge advocate for mentoring. And I always say to people, you know, the person being mentored benefits, but the person mentoring also benefits. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. I think sometimes people have so much fear to ask someone to mentor them because they feel like they're taking. But I think when you really unpack that and pull back the curtain and you ask the mentor, hey, why are you doing this? Why are you mentoring? And most often they would tell you it's because I'm also benefiting from this this relationship. So thank you so much for for mentioning that. It, it really is a valuable tool that we can use. You did mention that you love reading. And so do you have any books that have helped you better understand this topic of self-development as a leader that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, although it's more of a leadership book than a focus on self-development, I'm sure you've heard of Simon Sinek's Why. Yes. And I love Simon Sinek. (laughs) Watching him on LinkedIn. So, you know, Simon speaks in a way that really resonates with me. And, you know, the simple question of asking why has helped me frame so many situations and so many scenarios. I use it in my work environment and in my personal life, you know, helping me focus on my purpose. And, and actually, in my team recently, we went through this scenario where we're working on what, what's our value proposition, and we started out using why, because that really helps you to, you know, to sort of frame frame the question of why we are doing what we do. You know, why this book also resonates is that Simon talks about, you know, why does not come from looking ahead at what you want to achieve and figuring out an appropriate strategy from there. It comes from looking in the opposite direction from where you are now. So, you know, finding why is a process of discovery, not invention. So when I think about that from a self-development perspective, I think, you know, this is really powerful because as you need to understand your purpose, what you want to achieve, you, you know, you, you need to understand your purpose, what you want to achieve in order to chart the path, getting there. So it is about reflection. It is about looking back and really understanding your journey. So yeah, just a you know, just one of those books you know I've read through, and I still pick up every honestly you know probably once a month and find something a nugget that you never you know found before. <laughs> yeah, I love that book. This is the um, as you know I'm I'm always talking about purpose, so I I love that. But that simple question of why you know start with that and ask why why do you want to learn this why do you want to connect with this person so having that understanding you know gives you that direction so yeah thank you thank you for sharing that you've given us so much to think about right and uh, but before i let you go um i always love asking uh, leaders two questions that can inspire our emerging leaders so the first one is what is the most challenging and most rewarding thing about leading a team? 
Yeah, the most rewarding for me is seeing them grow and develop. You know, I have been so fortunate, starting back with my role back in South Africa um, to where I am today in working with just incredible teams. And it's really is a privilege to lead a team. And I think that's a really important thing teams need to realize, you know, that leaders should feel privileged to lead, you know, to lead the teams. Um, You know, I love to be able to look for and offer opportunities for their development. That's really important for me. But it is a big responsibility. And actually, the most challenging um, for me is getting it right. (laughs) You know, making it (laughs) while hires. I I can say, hold my hand up. I haven't always done that. I try to learn from that. You know, managing the dynamic. I've managed from, you know, two, two people to teams of 30. You know, there's always a dynamic. When you put two people together, immediately there's a dynamic. So, you know, managing people with different cultural backgrounds, with experiences and expectations. So, yeah, you know, the challenge is getting that right. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. And what is the best advice you have been given by a leader that you carry with you today? Yeah, you know, so like you, I'm an introvert. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, and I would say that, you know, the best advice was that I had earned my seat at the table and so I should use it. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, as an introvert sometimes, and I'm sure actually extroverts feel the same, but, you know, when sometimes you're surrounded by people you believe to be smarter, you know, more experienced, mm-hmm. science degrees, um, in my case, you know, and you feel that you don't have anything valuable to contribute um, so, you know, this was an important piece of advice early in my career. And actually, I still, you know, I, I remind myself of it today, especially as I've moved up the, the leadership ladder, you know, that I've earned my seat, but I need to use that seat wisely. I need to ensure that those who are not at the table have a voice. So, you know, when you're an introvert, that's pretty tough. <laughs> but I I remind myself of that responsibility. And so when I am at the table, I I find my voice and I use it. Oh, thank you for sharing that. It's so important to to understand what we have to offer. And again, it comes back to that self-awareness, that reflection and confidence comes over time. We build that confidence to get to that point. We have to we have courage. We need to have courage to start right to try. So every time we try, that confidence builds and we get to tell ourselves that, you know, each time or each day that when we are not feeling so great to remind ourselves about these things. So thank you so much for for sharing, you know, your knowledge on this topic. Um, I've learned so much in this short space of time and really been inspired by your story. And it's refreshing to hear, you know, from quite a senior leader that you you experiencing a lot of the same things that you know we all experience you've experienced it as you've gone through your career and you've used it to to continuously grow so thank you for what you are doing in in your space in your area for paving the way for future leaders for encouraging and inspiring future leaders and we really appreciate that you've taken the time out to to come and share with us today Shamin well, thank you. It's been uh, yeah, always wonderful to spend some time with you. And um, <laughs> and yeah, as I said yeah. at the beginning, such a passionate topic for me, you know, and, and actually really yeah. such a big learn in, in, you know, very early in my career that this really is mine to own and um, no one else is going to have <laughs> make the master plan for me. Absolutely. So what would be one small action that our listeners can take away and get started on this journey themselves? I would just say make the time for yourself. You know, you own this. As I've just mentioned, it's not, you know, there's no master plan. No one's coming down, you know, to get to hand this to you. So take the time for yourself. 
Wow. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. So thank you again, Charmaine. And thank you everyone for tuning in and being intentional about improving your emotional intelligence. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and being intentional about improving your emotional intelligence. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or even on our website at www.breakingthechain.online.